Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garage Cast, the podcast that is focused on innovation and education. I am Michael Ianni Palarchio, Head of Innovation and Strategic Projects here at Branksome Hall, podcasting to you from the garage. It is Friday, November the 25th, and I'm so glad to have you join. We're going to talk about two things. No guests this week. It is parent-teacher interviews, and people's schedules are quite jammed, which is understandable. So a shout-out to all of the teachers that have been doing interviews yesterday, yesterday evening, and tonight. Our two topics that we are going to touch on today are how student agency facilitates the development of an innovator's mindset. And the second piece will be a brief discussion to unpack what is the difference between VR, virtual reality, AR, augmented reality, mixed reality, what is all of this reality? If that interests you, stay tuned. Everybody buckle up and let's get started. So innovators mindset. That's what we're going to chat about here on episode five. Hard to believe we're already on episode five. Innovators, when we sort of think about the characteristics of their mindset, um, their belief structure, they possess a clear set of dispositions or attitudes um, and habits of mind that really enable them to develop solutions to problems. You know, when I talk to my grade eight design class, we, des- we define designers as people who solve problems for other people. And that innovation mindset has to really include the ability to think divergently, challenge assumptions, and really draw on a diverse set of skills, knowledge, and experience. And I've been working on a paper. I'm in the process of doing a master's in education, and I've been exploring the areas of of agency, specifically student agency. And some research that I came across, um, uh, there are two specific papers, one from 2010 that was titled Student Agency, a Critical Ingredient for Learning and School Reform, from um, a publication called Educational Leadership, and a second paper called How to Foster an Innovator's Mindset in Students. That was from 2018. Um, And this research really shows that one of the factors that really plays a critical role in the development of innovation mindsets and skills is student agency. They, they detail that student agency, you know, the definition of that is really the ability for students to have ownership over their learning and to make decisions about how they learn, uh, what they learn, uh, when they learn it. Um, I would even say where they learn it. In today's um, sort of technology-enabled environments, the learning can take place, you know, in many ways, many channels, different avenues Um, not just to the classroom. And that student agency, you know, provides learners with a number of benefits, really, that 
help to build that innovator's mindset. First, it can empower the students to think beyond the traditional boundaries of problem solving um, and knowledge. That, you know, by taking control over their learning, uh, the students are really able to explore topics in greater depth um, and consider multiple perspectives. This is something right out of the 2018 paper. Secondly, it, it really enables students to cultivate resiliency and the ability to cope with failure or perceived failure. And this is super important. You know, we have this as a part of the IB learner profile is, is risk-taking. And, and risk-taking in and of itself um, assumes and understands that there will be failure. The design cycle itself is iterative. Um, and, you know, when we look at the design cycle, um, the, the middle years program, the MYP design cycle that we use from the IB, it's got arrows all over the place. It's, it's a wheel, but there's arrows that interconnect the different phases. And that, the reason for that is because as you encounter quote unquote failures, you may move back into the process, back in the cycle. And I don't really like to think of it as failures. I just find it as it's part of the, the learning journey. It's part of the designer's journey. It's part of the innovator's journey. But when we give students agency, it allows them to, to develop skills in and around how to be resilient in the face of something that hasn't worked out in the way they thought. And that by engaging in risk and failure, learners themselves become more willing to explore alternate options. That's how you get that magic of innovation because you, you take that risk and you're okay that um, the way you're approaching that problem may not be the correct way in the first iteration or second or third and fourth iteration. Finally, you know, student agency can encourage um, collaboration uh, amongst other innovators and collaboration amongst just other people that you need as a part of your innovation ecosystem. And when you get that collaboration and when you get that ability to connect with diverse people, with diverse, uh, who possess diverse experiences and diverse skill sets, that's when that magic happens. It's, it's that, I like to call it sort of synaptic magic, right? You think about the synapses in, in, our, in, our, in our brains, it's that ability to connect disparate ideas or disparate pieces of information and get that light bulb moment. And so student agency can allow for that collaboration and foster creativity. The research itself, uh, there was an interesting piece that I highlighted out of, out of that particular paper from 2018 that, you know, as students take control and ownership of their own learning, the research shows that they are likely to engage in discussion and share ideas more readily with peers. And I think this is important because student agency, I think no educator disagrees that that's an important part of of developing the whole student. But it can be tricky. Tricky to structure, tricky to manage, uh, tricky to assess. So even though you know, the research clearly demonstrates that student agency is an essential component of developing the innovator's mindset, 
And we know that through providing opportunities for our students to take ownership over their learning. And, and as educators, we can create environments where that's happening and create environments where students are empowered to really think creatively and challenge sort of those traditional boundaries of uh, classroom and, and the learning and the assignments. But it is harder. Uh, and I'll give you an example. You know, if I, I've got a design project that's happening with my students and I say, um, here's, you know, you have to um, provide a reflection, for instance, as to, you know, what did you learn through this design process in, in redesigning a product for a specific group of users? Agency, you know, to me includes having the students decide what that output looks like. Do they want that output to be a video? Are they creating an animation? Um, have they written something and maybe embedded some diagrams? And so I'm giving them choice as to what works best for them. And that agency creates those conditions that allows for the building of an innovation mindset. But it comes with challenge. Now I'm not looking at, you know, um, all things equally in the sense an animation is going to be assessed differently than a paper. Uh, and a video, you know, would be assessed differently again. The content, I think, can be assessed similarly across all three of those examples. But level of effort, um, you know, there, there's, there's a, a number of things that um, there's different complexities across all three of those. And I think as educators, that's a, that can be a hard thing. Um, and I think that's a piece that um, is important to unpack as educators as we look for ways to enhance opportunities for our students to have agency so that in turn they can develop those important skill sets of an innovator's mindset. Before we get to our next topic, I wanted to pause and say that this episode is highlighting, it's not sponsored by, but highlighting an interesting program that we have launched here at Branksome Hall in partnership with Monk Debates. What Branksome Hall and Monk Debates have done is we have launched to the world an online, worldwide, public speaking and debate competition called Resolved. And it's open to all 13 to 18 year old students in secondary school who would like to challenge conventional thinking. Resolved is being powered by an innovative online debate platform, which we call DB8 or debate. And it makes it easy for students and judges from around the world to debate and connect on topics that challenge popular beliefs and encourage deep thinking. The registration is now open um, for uh, registration. Students will have until January the 16th of 2023 to prepare and deliver and upload their speech in a video onto the DB8 platform. The top 32 students will advance to an online debate. And from there, the top four students will be selected to take part in a really exciting final and in-person all expenses paid debate event 
that's being hosted here in Toronto in May of 2023. So if you would like to check that out, you can go to the Branksome Hall website. I will uh, link to it in the show notes as well. Please do check out our event, Resolved, in partnership between Branksome Hall and Monk Debates. Virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. These may be terms that you've heard, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about these because they, they are areas of technology uh, and innovation that um, we have experimented with at the school um, with the planned construction of our innovation center and studio theater. Um, we have spaces that will be dedicated to this type of technology. And we're talking about it because it has the potential to um, transform, enhance, augment, and disrupt uh, education. Uh, but quite often, there's confusion as to what do these terms really mean. So we'll start off with a, a, a little blurb around virtual reality. Um, and virtual reality, you've probably seen uh, examples of it where people are slipping on a headset. And the virtual reality really immerses the user. So it's a closed headset. Um, and so you no longer see the environment that you are in. Um, so typically you're using it in a wide open space. Um, and you find yourself transported into um, a virtual world. Uh, and that could be anything you can imagine. Uh, uh, an office space, uh, a school in another part of the world, uh, standing in a forest, uh, walking down the streets of New York. Um, it's really whatever the content designers or program that you happen to be running, um, you are immersed. And while you can participate with others who may be in that virtual space uh, with you, you would be experiencing them virtually, whether they are in the same room with you, uh, another part of the school, or a completely different part of the world. Then we have augmented reality. And augmented reality is something that you are wearing. Again, they, they look very similar to... Um, existing uh, types of headsets. And the key to understanding what it is, is the word augmented. And what it is, is it's augmenting the reality that we see. So when I have a headset on, um, and I look at, for instance, a building, um, the technology can allow for additional information to augment what I am seeing in reality. Uh, so uses for this type of thing uh, in a school setting um, could be that as a teacher is performing a lab experiment, for instance, maybe they're demonstrating something up front. If a student was looking uh, at that happening and they would see the, the lab bench and the beakers and the chemicals and they would see the teacher just as if they were uh, just normally. They are sitting in class observing reality. But with the glasses on or the goggles on, that reality that they continue to see has an overlay. We augment that with virtual things. So for instance, while watching, um, there may be some interesting facts that come up around the combination of two chemicals, for instance. 
or they may be something as uh, the teacher um, starts to carry out the experiment where there is uh, an added tip that comes up uh, within the field of vision. So they are seeing this information overlaid on top of the, the reality, the real world, in a sense. And that's augmented reality. And I think what's nice about augmented reality is it doesn't isolate the user. The student uh, continues to be in their class, for instance, in that example. They aren't putting on a headset and finding themselves isolated within a purely virtual space. Now, mixed reality, which I find the most interesting, um, actually, of all three, um, is somewhere between virtual, where you are immersed in, in a virtual setting that you can interact with, and augmented, which is more uh, passive viewing of things layered onto your um, field of vision. Mixed reality, for instance, um, allows... Uh, a group of individuals, let's go back to that uh, chemistry experiment, chemistry lab. A mixed reality would be they are watching the teacher um, carry out the experiment, doing a demonstration of an experiment. And they are able to see virtual things that are in the space with them. Perhaps if they look down at their own desk, they see virtual versions of the beakers with the chemicals. Um, and they could, with their hands, pick up those virtual items and carry out the experiment digitally while they follow, follow along with a teacher. And the value in that might be that they get to practice, they get to do a dry run uh, in the safety of digital assets that are sitting in the physical space with them. So that's an example of augmented reality. Uh, sorry, of mixed reality, excuse me. And I think all three of these are quite emergent. I wouldn't say that it's clear which of these three will emerge as the dominant um, way of interacting and computing in the future. But they all have very similar skills that get built upon. And so this is why we really have begun to experiment with all three of these and we will embrace all three of these. And we really want students to be able to look at these technologies, the VR, the AR, and the mixed reality, the MR, and see that it is a spectrum of potential use. So they could be used as a way to consume curricular content and sort of um, be a companion to the learning. We might have students who decide to use one of those mediums to create content. So for instance, someone may be creating a presentation for history and they could choose to do so using PowerPoint slides, they could choose to do so by using Bristol boards, or they could choose to create some content that gets consumed by the teacher for assessment um, using, let's say, a mixed reality paradigm. Or perhaps if they were presenting their um, their um, presentation to the class, all students would put on their mixed reality headsets and see and experience from their own perspective in the classroom. Because remember, it is spatial. When you have mixed reality um, and virtual reality and augmented reality, you are able to walk around these virtual objects and see them from different perspectives. And so we've got um, AR, VR, and MR as consumption type tools 
creation tools. And then we may have some of our students who actually find that they want to be able to understand how they can create their own types of mixed reality experiences uh, or virtual reality experiences, um, which really gets into the development side of these types of uh, platforms and tools. The other thing that I think is important about these technologies is as they become more refined and they stop being sort of clunky headsets and they become more like a pair of regular glasses. Um, you can see some of this starting to inch into the marketplace by looking at uh, Ray-Ban, who partnered with um, Facebook, now known as Meta, to create uh, the Ray-Ban uh, Stories glasses, which allow you to hear uh, telephone calls or content uh, without having to put anything in your ears. It's transmitting through the, the arms of uh, just a regular pair of glasses. And you have an ability to record and take photos. There is no augmented or mixed reality layered into those technologies yet. But that is where that technology is going. And they will become part of a gateway into a larger concept of the metaverse, which you may have heard this term before, um, or you may not have. And I'm going to do an entire uh, garage cast on the metaverse itself. But the metaverse, this term, just to sort of um, lay a little context, it really emerged in science fiction um, and futurism thinking. And the metaverse is this um, idea of a virtual world um, that is um, immersive, that you find the universe itself existing um, in the metaverse, in this virtual space that you can step into. And the metaverse itself, the concept of it, I think is really in its infancy. You have a group uh, companies like Facebook, again, who renamed their very company to Meta. Um, they are really going all in on this idea that it will be uh, a, like a virtual reality type world. You put on a headset and you are in this space. I'm not really convinced that that is what the metaverse will be. I think more likely the metaverse will be um, these virtual worlds or virtual layers that we can turn on and off um, and bring into our uh, physical world and physical reality. And that we will get to a point where that will occur seamlessly and feel quite natural. And so it's important for us as educators to understand that, you know, our students, again, if we think of students that are in the junior school, um, in 10 years or 15 years, the metaverse concept will be um, as natural and normally used as the internet is today. Um, if I think back to 1993, as I sat at the very first web browser, you know, that was a very foreign concept to um, people. Um, and today it's very natural. We get our news that way. We do our shopping that way. We interact with each other that way. We have our entertainment all happening that way. And so while the metaverse may seem like a very foreign concept where we've got the digital world that is being integrated in a seamless way with our physical world, that seems foreign to us today. There's definitely something that is coming. And so we need to think about, as educators, how are we preparing our students to learn in that environment, to work in that environment, and to live in that environment.
where does the time go? It just seems to fly by this time that we spend together each week. It's been a pleasure having you here. And can you believe it? This is episode five. And next week when we get together, we will be in the month of December. It's hard to believe. Like I said, time does fly when you're having fun, which I am having fun. And I do appreciate all of the feedback that I have been getting from people. I know I have said that in past episodes. Um, And again, uh, when I bump into folks uh, around campus, um, there are interesting conversations that are happening. I have had some people emailing me. I've had some people contacting me over Twitter. Um, And that's just really wonderful uh, because, again, the intention of these uh, podcasts was, yes, to share some information around innovation here at Branksome Hall, but also to spark some conversation and to provoke some debate. And so thank you for that. Uh, The shows, um, they're not possible without uh, listeners. Um, And so thank you for being here. And until we connect again next week, I am wishing you a great weekend. Stay well, everybody, and we'll see you all again real soon. Ciao.